This is the Negro League Podcast with Preach James. gentlemen this is the negro league podcast and i am your host preach jacobs thank you guys for listening thank you guys for paying attention um i would say this is the first episode even though this is technically the third but like we rebrand and we doing stuff over again like i'm gonna be more consistent this time and for the people that don't know who i am i am a hip-hop artist i'm a journalist i'm a musician i'm an activist um i'm involved in all the shit that I think it's dope. I think being black is dope. I think talking about being black is dope. I think talking about the effects it's having on my people is dope. This is what I do. And, um, you know, this is an outlet. It's like, you know, the Negro League is specifically named because I know, like, studying, like, baseball, the Negro League was, like, the best talent, man. It was the, the best fucking players that was in the world, the best thoughts, the best, the best minds, the best, you know, uh, people that was out there and it was this unified aspect of it where you saw really great black business you saw really great um black owned teams and 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 players and a community or whatever and and not saying the integration killed the negro league but the integration killed the negro league right i think the the sentiment of the negro league is something that's really really dope to me and and i hold it in a high regard so that's that's why i call it that i think it's the best of who we are when when we're not trying to impress other people we're, we're embracing our culture embracing ourselves right it's like the conversation i have with people about hip-hop you know hip-hop at its best and at its purest right is when it's not trying to have the approval of white folks period I'm not saying that the approval of white folks isn't helpful because that's when you blow up but hip-hop at its best is when you're not trying to seek that approval you know it's kind of like what Kendrick did with, with To Pimp a Butterfly. Like, he basically made a black-ass fucking album. You know, basically what Solange did with, you know, Seat at the Table. She basically made a black-ass album. That's when black music, black art, black culture operates at its highest degree. Um, so, yeah, this is kind of like my attempt to do that. Like, for, for one, let's be honest, everybody got a fucking podcast. So, why not, Right. I have a setup at the house, get to say what I want, get to talk about the things I want to talk about. You know, I'm a journalist. I write an editorial for a publication here in my city. And there's a lot of shit that I write that they don't want to run. There's a lot of shit that's probably blackity, blackity, too black, or <laughs> some shit they don't want to talk about, right? Um, I'll talk about, like, a couple of things, uh, the, the the last editorial that I wrote. I'll get on that probably closer to the end of this. But the other reason I want to do this is because I'm an artist, man. This is my job. This is what I'm supposed to do, Right? Like, if you're not a big-time signed artist that's making millions of dollars, right, nigga, you just, you're, you're somebody trying to figure it out. And I think this, everybody's in that, that pot of trying to figure it out. And I think right now I am on the other side of figuring it out, right? Like, that, you're in that middle spot where on the left you have this stagnant space, and on the right, you're at the space of where you need to be, but you're at the beginning of that. That's where I'm at. I'll give you an example. I was working for this 9 to 5, and, and 
you know, just paying the bills barely. And it wasn't what I wanted to do. And I recently, I say recently, but um, back in May, like I did a, this event, this one-man event, this one-man show that we'll hear more about because I want to turn it into a series here. But it was called Black as Fuck, and it was part uh, TED Talk, part live performance, part comedy, whatever. It was one of those events where you felt God in the room, right? And a lot about the stuff of Black as Fuck was just me editorializing the stuff that I've been feeling. So I talked about things mostly about my grandmother. It was kind of a, a dedication to my grandmother that passed away last year, which was literally probably about the anniversary was last week during your anniversary. And I said that the show was a love letter to my ancestors, right? And that's, that's how I operate. Everything I do is based on that theory, is that everything I do is based on it being a love letter to my ancestors, to speak on behalf of them. So by me saying what I feel, saying what I think, I honor them, you know? So I'm not going to take up too much of your time. I think, like, you know, once a week, give you guys about 20, 25 minutes of that fire. You know what I'm talking about? And I think we'd be good. And then, and who knows? I don't know. <laughs> maybe you will be sick of me, but but maybe I'm, I'm doing this for another reason. Maybe I'm doing this to, to, to be some type of therapeutic response. Who knows? Um. There's a lot of shit going on, right? And I think the best way to kind of start this is like looking at where we at, like in 2018. Like it's it's a weird interim right now, right? Like it's the summertime, but it's kind of a cool way to kind of chill, look backwards, and see what's going on. So it's like, if I'm honest, you know, <laughs> it's summer. Trump is still president. I, I find myself nostalgically watching Anthony Bourdain's show, Parts Unknown. And that shit, woof, that shit breaks my heart. Where you you watch this guy just travel the world and he just he really gets it. So like I'm 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 dealing with the death of him, right? You know, we're affected not by people that we meet, but we're affected by people that have an impact on us. And it's like I know when Andy Bourdain passed away, it was like, ooh, Anthony Bourdain. I was like, ooh, you know, this guy seemed like he had the job that I want. If he's depressed, shit. <laughs> I'm in trouble. So I've been watching a lot of that. Um, I think uh, the funny shit, too, is no matter how much shit I give Kanye this year, and I gave him a lot of well-deserved shit, he still made Daytona, <laughs> which, I, which I probably say is the maybe the best or second best album of the year. I think the my three albums of the year in no particular order. Hip-hop-wise, I still say uh, Nipsey Hussle is number one. And then I would say Daytona and Fonte, they're fighting for two and three. However you want to put it. But I still think I still think uh, Victory Lap is the best album of the year. Um, and I think the songs of the year, <laughs> the two songs of the summer, I'm fucking sick of uh, uh, In My Feelings, the Drake record. Uh, but I think that's the song of the summer. And Lil Duvall. Living my best life. Oh my God. No, no, smile, bitch. It's not live over here. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing funnier than like watching white people trying to sing that shit, but they don't want to say the word nigga. And you just kind of like, aha, <laughs> you can't say it. Uh, those are kind of the few things that like looking backwards, you can kind of like say those are like the best things that's going on this year so far, summertime. Um, 
movies and stuff. Uh, I don't know. February was Black Panther. So it's like, was there any other movie other than Black Panther that was released this year? I don't know. But I tell you one fucking thing, I'm fucking sick of it. I think I think <laughs> I think Black Panther did everything it was supposed to do. It made two billion dollars, three billion dollars, however much, and then it came right around the time it faded right around the time where um Avengers came out. Infinity Wars. And uh, everybody's feelings are hurt until next year. Um I think that's film. In two movies. I think if you ask what happened in movies <laughs> this year, you just say Black Panther and Avengers. Nothing else really mattered, right? I saw the Denzel movie. I love Denzel. He couldn't save it. Um, I don't think there's anything that I'm interested in watching later this year. It's like, it's weird, right? It's like, it's hard to really appreciate the type of entertainment that you like before, right? Because I, I used to be into like, police procedural shows and, and, and shit about politics, political stuff. What the fuck am I going to watch? Like, why, why would I watch House of Cards when what's going on in real life is more ridiculous than anything somebody can write? There's, there's no fucking reason, right? And then before I started recording this, <laughs> read these tweets where, like, Trump is, like, cussing out Robert Mueller, like, just wilding out on Twitter. And, and it's... it's it makes no fucking sense to me, right? It's like, you go on Twitter, you say one dumb thing, and your account, your account is like, shut off for a month, right? Or you go on Facebook, ironically, you know, you do a mix or something like that. I'm a DJ, so I do like podcasts and shit like that. You play a song that's copywritten, and they'll shut your shit off. But there's videos of motherfuckers getting murdered by the police and they keep that up there, right? It's like, it makes no fucking sense. It's like, I have no clue why Twitter and Facebook don't just disable his accounts. Call the fucking day, right? But this is where we at. And I think the the biggest thing that's been fucking with me recently, and there's a Trump connection in my mind with it, right, is the last editorial I wrote. It's, it's like the permanent, permanent, the, the permit patty syndrome. You know, the permit patty shit where, you know, if black people are having a good time, if black people are chilling or doing something, somebody white is going to call the cops or threaten to call the cops, right? And let's let's be honest. Let's just be honest. White people, y'all know our relationship with the police. Y'all know. You know. When you are threatening to call the cops on black folks, especially when we ain't doing shit. That's a death threat. It's it's a death threat. It's a death threat. And it's one thing to do it against adults. It's another thing to do it against kids. And that was the thing that really kind of got me frustrated that made me want to write this editorial was you got an eight-year-old black girl selling water on a hot day, white woman calling the cops. You got a little kid, black kid, cutting grass, 12 years old, Maybe he might have gone into somebody else's yard by accident. Woman is calling the cops. It's like it drives me fucking crazy. It's like when 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 I was 13, 14 years old, hell, maybe even as early as twelve, I used to have my own little newspaper. Like I would go on the internet, I would find these underground hip hop artists, I would send them emails, and I would interview them. I would interview them. I email these motherfuckers, I interview them, and then I would type them up. Type my interviews up, 
have a little two-page newsletter. I'll have like album reviews because I started getting free CDs and tapes. I'll write little album reviews and I'll have like a rhyme at the end. It's two pages, my little hip-hop newsletter. I used to sell those motherfuckers for 50 cents a piece. And my mom, every Sunday when I got done with it, she'll take me to the office max because my brother had a homeboy there and motherfucker would print up 100 copies of my two-page newsletter. And I'll sell them. i sell them. Like, that's why I'm a writer now. You know what I'm saying? And shout out to my mom, because like she never told me no. She never was just like, nigga. <laughs> I'm trying to sleep. She never, never told me no. She nurtured that. And I'm like, how would that happen now? How could I get away with that now in these days and times? How could I be a uh, 12-year-old black kid with a newspaper, newsletter, walking around, selling shit? And so there's a connection that I really truly feel that the country takes over the personality of the president. And when I hear the, the permanent patty shit, I immediately think about Donald Trump and the birther movement. When Obama became president, who was the main person saying Obama's not born in America? Let's see his birth certificate. We don't believe him. Blah, 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 blah. Right? When white folks are calling the cops on black people or saying to a little eight-year-old black girl, where's your permit? That's the same thing. When you ask somebody for a permit, you are accusing them of not being where they belong. And there's this emboldened thing with, with white folks now. Like, dog, motherfucker, I literally saw this article about a kid, a white kid being fouled in a basketball game and called the fucking cops on a kid for fouling him in a basketball game. That's learned behavior. And there's no other way around, there's no other way around it. You know what I mean? Like, like when you have the president doing shit like this and not being reprimanded, I think that's the biggest thing. It's like, man, all this shit that they got on him now, He's not getting impeached. I don't. I. I don't think it's happening. I don't think it's happening. I think he. I think he walks through his entire term. I don't think it's happening. But um, yeah, man. Like those. Those are the things that historically been a thing against black people in the United States. That that now is just being more highlighted. I mean, think about this, right? Think about Tamir Rice, twelve-year-old black kid. Killed by the cops in Ohio. He was at a park playing with a toy gun, and there was a 911 call. And a woman was like, Yo, I see somebody out here with a gun. Said, Might be a kid, and the gun might be fake anyway. Like, she, she acknowledged, You know, it might be a toy. Yeah, it might be a toy. Yeah, it might be a toy. The cops come through, shoot him, kill him. He's dead. A 12-year-old, a 12-year-old, this is what happens when white America calls the cops on kids, black kids, because they don't do it on white folks, right? 
It's like, what do you do with that? And this is historically what's what's been happening in this country since forever, you know? Like, they're talking about reopening the, the, the Emmett Till case, and I have really, really mixed feelings about it. I don't, I don't know how I feel. The people that murdered him, they actually confessed to the murder after the case was over. They confessed to it in Look Magazine. Um, but it was kind of the same thing, right? You know, it's like, you don't think somebody young and black is doing something that you don't want them to do. You, you call somebody on them. And, and that's the relationship that we have with cops in America. And I don't see it changing anytime soon. I think <laughs> I'm reading a, the Ta-Nehisi uh, Colts book, Eight Years of Being in Power. Side note, I used, to, I used to say to myself, like, I need to have, like, a nickname. <laughs> Ta-Nehisi Broke. Because I'm, like, <laughs> this political writer. This this motherfucker that want to write about, like, you know, the black plight. But I ain't got no money. But, um, nah, it's like, he had this really great quote where he's basically saying, like, anytime he does, like, a show or an interview, white people ask this one question. Do you think there's any hope? You think it's gonna get? You know what I mean? Like, like, like it's like lifting the bubble. You think there's any hope? Things are gonna get better, and it's always like, nah. <laughs> I remember seeing him do that shit <laughs> on Stephen Colbert. And Stephen Colbert was just like, "Do you have any hope?" And he was like, "No." Colbert looked like <laughs> he looked so deflated. Um, I don't know if hope is the appropriate response, right? Because Obama promised that. Audacity of hope. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't, that's a great question. I don't, what's the response after hope? Because I ain't got it. And I think that's a great way to end this shit. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. I go by the name of Priest Jacobs. Um, please check me out again next week if you like. The podcast, uh, it should be on iTunes, be on SoundCloud. At the end of this, stay tuned and listen to my song called The Black, featuring hip-hop artist Sky Zoo, produced by Tall Black Guy. Thank you guys for listening. Y'all can check me out on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, at Preach Jacobs, P-R-E-A-C-H, Jacobs. Thank you guys for listening. Once again, peace
caught wind of whoever tried keeping up. Follow the lead, couldn't tell you who be leading us. We blew past what they delegated to each of us. Cause all that matters is the ceiling if you speak to us. They tried to suck us in the basement and keep it hush. But turned around and want to trace what they see in us. You never mind us at the gate, cause you see the rush. But if we coming off the waist, you believe in us. So do believe us when it's empty out and reload on all that you assume. Dip around a CEO and hit a different room. I'm too tall and fit in a box that got rules to it. I barely fit in the drop. Let the cocoon do it. I wasn't put here to lay on the ground with my hands behind my back or my name in the foul. So let these motherfuckers know I got a fist in the air and another one on the theory they was waving around. I'm for the black. And that's a fact. Black for the black. Yes, my brother. Do believe it. I'm for the black. With the strength and black words. For the black. Yeah. Do believe it. I'm for the just move. I'm a combination of Black Panther and Crush Rules. Black as damn burn, Hollywood burn, Ice Cube. Reading Muhammad speaks, I fell from laziness. I'm God, I'm seeing the game full of atheists. I've been the truth since Nas had a chip tooth. Since the UQ with P, I was in my rent. Saying needs to be less talking, more rioting. Uh, blacker than John Carlos when his fist flies. Blacker than Frankie Beverly songs and fish fries. Something mad with me. Went from Derek to your majesty. Stay away from my bread like gluten allergies. Look, when I inhale and exhale at it, I turn to El Hodge, El Matic, Ill Matic. Niggas be semi-real, I'm semi-automatic. You embarking in. When niggas Stacey Dash and Ben Carson in. They be that black cop pull a human unless you balance parking in. If it's not that, will you steal it? Will you dealing, serve and protect, make them think I deserve an arrest, all for the color of my skin, complexion of weak Tim, blacker than Darth Vader's attire, I stay flyer, and touch Kiki when they step on the scene, hip hop on my shoulders, radio Raheem, blacker than you know what I mean, Murray's pie made a sporting ways, believe me, what you speak is elementary, shout out to niggas, they can get out for documentary, people ask while I'm stuck on this race-ish, cause you're racist, pray for Kanye that's stuck in that sunken place, I'm not your Negro, black as a gang, I never leave. Soon niggas be spending tubbins when they find they weed. It's the black, a king with words. The skills of a black man, Every day of the week, I live in it, breathing it. This heavy Joe learning what we already know. The world is yours, I'm hoping it's ours. That's why I write the shit I write in my rap. I take a slug for the cause, like when we read black and green instead of James and Dennis. A king with words. The skills of a black man, Every day of the week, I live in it, breathing it. This heavy Joe learning what we already know. World is yours. Black, 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 black,